The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Belle. Belle, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, man. You know, just, it's Wednesday, my dudes. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. You, you, you enjoying a little bit of the uh, the adult beverages tonight? No, no, not tonight. I actually uh, got a decent night's sleep last night and... Uh, for the first time in like weeks. And so I feel really good <laughs> and I don't want to mess with chances with tonight. No, that's good, man. That's that. You gotta, you gotta detox from time to time. I think that's a good thing. I uh, am not doing that. I have got Ooh. some, uh, Garrison brothers, uh, Texas straight bourbon whiskey, uh, direct from the distiller. And it is uh, quite delicious, very, very flavorful. And they gave me the bottle for free. So I would talk about it on the podcast, not necessarily this podcast, but I'll talk about it on every podcast. How about that? <laughs> hey, uh, you think you could like, you know, hook me up with some of that free booze. I'm telling you, man, look, we got, we got the ends. We got the ends and the outs and such. And let me tell you who else has the ends and the outs. That's the good folks over at dctvtalk.com, where there are some amazing DCTV podcasts. If you like Arrow, if you like Legends, if you like iZombie, if you liked iZombie, sorry, guys. Uh, if you liked, uh, you know, all of the Gotham podcasts that you might be able to find out there, sure. You can just do a general search on iTunes for, say, Gotham Podcast, or you can head over to dctvtalk.com, where currently, I don't think we have a Gotham Podcast. So if you are a Gotham <laughs> Podcast and you would like to be featured at DCTV Talk, let us know. Uh, but dctvtalk.com, great place to go to find great DCTV podcast. Now, in relation to that, and also as kind of a bit of housekeeping before we jump into tonight's episode, uh, Bell, I, I think I've mentioned it on the show. I know I've surely mentioned on Shenanigans, but uh, we have been dealing with some hacking uh, situations, uh, some viral situations over at the uh, the Pottery uh, home site that has infected the landing page of several shows, including this one. Uh, now it hasn't impacted the actual content because that is all stored separately. And actually, uh, you know, as listeners may recall, I moved us onto a separate hosting client a couple of months ago, caused a little bit of disruption in people getting the podcast. But the benefit is that it's not causing any issues right now. We're still able to bring out great content because it's hosted separately. All that being said, the website is crazy right now. I'm going through a whole uh, move over from WordPress to Squarespace. We've decided to take the nuclear option. We cannot save it. It is too virally infected. And so we are going to put the old site down and lift the new site up as soon as humanly possible. 
But I did want to kind of put that out there just in case anybody went to Flash TV Talk and you know saw that it was a you know Japanese eBay store or something of that nature. That's what's going on, and it kind of sucks. The king is dead. Long live the king. Uh, yes, right. yes. Once the once the news site is up, it it will be uh, surely divine. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, let you guys know what was going on. All right, All right. man. So we have got an awesome episode tonight to talk about. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode 19 of Season 4, Fury Rogue, directed by Rachel Talali, it's story by Joshua V. Gilbert and Jeff Hirsch. Bell, what happened this episode? With DeVoe moving forwards with his plans, Team Flash decides to secure Neil Borman. Barry and Sisko travel to Earth-X to recruit Leo Snart as a backup, but are followed to Earth-1 by the Earth-X doppelganger of Laurel Lance. Team Flash plan to deliver Borman to a safe Argus facility using a suit to contain the radiation, with Snart on hand in case Borman goes nuclear. Snart agrees to help, but claims he can only stay for 24 hours as he is due to get married to Ray Terrell. Snart learns about Ralph and convinces Barry to allow himself to grieve his fallen allies, which Barry eventually does. Sisko and Wells come up with a plan to boost Wells' thinking cap. Meanwhile, Marlise is shown to be doubting DeVoe. Dun, dun, dun. All right, man. Therapy is the theme of the episode, and more specifically, dealing with loss. Last episode, let's just go ahead and air out some stuff. I may have gone a little overboard in my uh, dancing on Ralph's grave Um and asking to drink the tears of fans who were mourning his loss. That, that I admit it, I may have gone too far. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, you don't think about the people who care about the person that you hate when they die, and that's what you didn't do, and that's why you're a bad person. Well, he's a fictional character, Bell, and I gotta <laughs> tell you, I, I don't feel terribly bad, I just know that I went too far. And so I'm acknowledging that without necessarily retracting anything. Uh, but I will say this episode actually did a really fantastic job of making me kind of retrospectively appreciate Ralph. Now, I don't want to go back and rewatch those episodes anytime soon, but at the same time, the role that he facilitated specifically for Barry, I don't think I really got. Um, and maybe that's on me, but the way that Barry processed the loss of Ralph actually kind of helped me process the gaining of Ralph this season and subsequently his loss. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's it's you got to expand on that a little bit. I want I want to I want to know the inner bow workings here about this, this, <laughs> this, you know, turn, if you will, and uh, how you are now. I guess you're not pro Ralph, but, you know, you just issued the Internet's greatest non-apology of I'm sorry you were offended. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is that, that was my goal. And thank you for acknowledging. Uh, look, no, no, I, I, it's it's the relationship that Barry had with Ralph, not on an individual level, but more about what Ralph represents. Uh, he very specifically and intentionally found somebody that he was going to make a protege. Wally, and you've pointed this out before, Bell, but Wally wanted to be uh, the Flash's protege. That's something he wanted. He was already there. Um, we've seen villains kind of, you know, uh, pseudo villains or perhaps even antiheroes pop up before. And they don't necessarily want anything to do with Barry and beyond you know, the one episode. And Barry doesn't necessarily want anything to do with them. But for whatever reason, this was a first time that Barry was like, you know what? I'm going to try to mentor this person. I'm going to try to fix them. Uh, which, you know, the, regardless of whether or not you can or cannot fix anybody, that's what he put on himself. And so 
he picked the worst possible protege in so many ways. But in many ways, it also meant that things were just more challenging for Barry along the way. And so, you know, the ups and the downs of the season that they experienced, while might not have been all that much enjoyable for me to watch, I realize how now that was building upon Barry's character as a mentor, not a leader, not necessarily even a hero, but as a mentor. And to lose his mentee, the one that he twisted his arm into becoming something of a superhero, uh, yeah, that's that I, I can see why it's beating him up. It's not like he had this deep and personal relationship with Ralph. I was worried it was going to gonna try to force that like here in the tail end of the season, like, oh my gosh, Ralph was such a saint. And oh, we all had this really unique, <laughs> special relationship with Ralph, which we never actually saw play out. But it's more about what Ralph represents. And yes, of course, the fact that, you know, they knew him, they, he was a friend, he was a team member, that, that's, you know, that's, that's part of it. But it's more about what he represents as a protege and someone that Barry very specifically, you know, brought into this life. And so I, I, I appreciate Ralph now in a way I didn't before. And I think the therapy was not just for Barry and Iris, but I think the therapy was actually kind of for all of us in our own unique way as we mourn the loss of Ralph Dibney. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was it was for you uh, in, you know, as a means to kind of show you that uh, Ralph did have merit, uh, if not to you, to the other members of the team. And, uh, you know, kind of kind of you know, sort of not necessarily, I guess, correct the problems that he had, but to show that there was value in the character. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think, yeah, something like that. Um, you know, I will say that we haven't gotten very many Jomans. Uh, this episode, but when everything does come to a head with Barry, when he actually is allowing himself to process the the loss and and just say out loud, you know, it was my fault. I, I you know, basically accepting responsibility, but then also freeing himself from from kind of that responsibility or putting the death on him or anything like that. To have Joe find him, you know, in his office and he's up against the window and he's just bawling, and then you know, Joe he doesn't give him like this big like you know Papa Joe talk. He just puts his arm around him, man. And, you know, we see the look on Caitlin's face as she's listening in. I think we see the look on Snart's face as he's listening in. And and it was very powerful. I mean, it was a, a fantastic performance by Grant Gustin. I mean, you really did feel the emotion and the weight of what he was going through. And it just reminded me that, man, when when life gets tough and, and when, uh, you know, the, <laughs> when things have just absolutely fallen apart, you know, sometimes you just you just want a hug from your daddy. And Joe was uh, Joe was there with a, a classic Jomit in the yeah. uh, and, and a much needed gentleman as we have not gotten much of him this season. Yeah. And, and, but it, yeah, I don't, here, here's the one thing though. It's, it, it, does it always have to be like this guilt complex with every single superhero story ever? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, is that just, yeah. is that just intrinsic to superheroes just in general? So they always had to be guilty for everything. Yes. That, that is, um, I think it's in the, it's, it's, it's in the manual. Uh, it's part of the, uh, what do you call it? When you've got to go to the college, um, what do, you, what do you call it when you go to college and they've got a class and everything oh, brings it's you the in curriculum? No, not the curriculum. You know, like all the new students are there. So they walk them around campus orientation, orientation. It's part of the superhero orientation uh, to, to basically blame yourself for everything. Unless you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it, it seems like they've used that every season to some extent. And you would figure at some point, Barry might be like, I can't save everybody. And I mean, obviously, obviously still have him show grief, right? Because I mean, that's the whole point of this thing is, is, is the point is not for Barry to understand that he's not responsible for Ralph's death. The point is for him to mourn his his fallen allies. Like that's that's the point. Right. And so I, I think you could do that without having the whole guilt complex thing pop up. 
because it just gets used so often. I feel, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So, so again, like appoint me to a superhero show where the guilt complex does not exist. And when you, when you're able to do that successfully, then I'll say that's a fair criticism of the show. It's more of a criticism of the genre as a whole. Like, sure, yes, sure. Flash that's where I'm going with that. this. But here's the other thing too. I mean, in many respects, if, if that is kind of a trope of the genre, if that is just kind of, you know, par for the course, shouldn't the flash actually feel that more because he actually is fast enough to save everybody far more than, you know, you know, he, he, he theoretically should be saving people at every given moment at every given second. Like, you know, the fact that he takes time for himself, a is good. He should do that. But B probably makes you think like, if you're starting to deal with guilt of like, Oh, I should have been there. Then you realize, Oh, at this very moment I could be, you know, in this very second, I could probably be in a thousand different places. And yet here I am contemplating my own emotion, man, I'm so selfish on top of me feeling guilty about being selfish. You know what I mean? Like the flash is capable of depths of depression that we've not even begun to, to see. Yeah. But I think that would be a more interesting angle, right? The, the, the selfish aspect. Well, I think they, they I want to say they've done that at some point. I think Iris had a heart to heart with him about that, where he can't be everywhere at once or something. It, you know, this isn't kingdom come flash where he's just, he literally is like everywhere at once protecting the city. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. And, and you're right. There there aren't a lot of superhero shows that don't use that trope. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm just saying there's an opportunity there, Flash writers. Um, right. Maybe if you want to, you know, hire me or whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll no, you can't, story. You can't panhandle for a job every single episode. It, it's going to get a little that's going to get a little repetitive. Well, I mean, come on. Like, just all I want is Grodd. Just give me Grodd. <laughs> And now that it's on Legends and Legends is goofy, maybe they'll maybe they'll go for it. Who knows? Well, speaking of Grodd and Legends, man, we get the return of a fan favorite, the character who reintroduces himself at the beginning of the episode as Captain Exposition. Oh, I'm sorry. Citizen Exposition. My bad. (laughs) Well, somebody's got an exposition. Yeah, no, I know. But like the fact is like we just kind of see him. Like our first introduction is him basically monologuing to the villain to give all of kind of a quick update on what's been going on on Earth X. And uh, it's a little, uh, it's fine. It's fine. But, um, well, I don't know. I was kind of curious at first because I see like, you know, the sky is still all red and like there's Nazi blimps mm. everywhere. And I was kind of like, huh, doesn't look like they've made too much improvement since, uh, <laughs> you know, the resistance supposedly won. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they ever revisit Earth X. One imagines they, they will have to, um, you know, certainly at the end of the episode, uh, Leo, uh, gives a bit of a, a nod that he may in fact be back and of course has the means to do so. But, uh, man, I, I gotta tell you something that it has been frustrating me since Earth X and since the introduction of this character. Why bell? Why, why won't they just call him citizen cold? Like, why not? I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I get it. Like he's not from the flashpoint universe. He is from earth X. And so before, you know, comic book uh, loyalists get on to me and say like, how dare you? That's not citizen cold. That's why they're not calling him that. I get it. But with all the creative licenses that the show has taken, we're now dealing with a heroic version of captain cold, a heroic version of captain cold for my money should be called citizen cold or I'm commander just- cold or something, you know, uh, like, it needs to be Citizen Cold. I know. It it does, the, I, but, you know. Did they ever call him that while he was on his stint in, on Legends? No. Specifically, Earth X Citizen Cold. Ooh, you know what? What's up? I wonder. So supposedly, the Flash standalone movie was supposed to do the Flashpoint storyline. Mm-hmm. 
And I wonder if similarly to how uh, a lot of storylines and things like that were not uh, the, the TV shows weren't allowed to touch characters and things because they're going to be in the movies. I wonder if Citizen Cold is going to be a character in uh, the Flash solo movie because it's going to revolve around Flashpoint. And so maybe they, they can't. Maybe they just can't. Interesting. A Flash embargo. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Fastest All right. embargo maybe. in the multiverse. <laughs> it'd, it'd be a little weird if they did, given just how many you know characters they're already using that one imagines would be great fodder for the movie universe. Um, but man, of course, you know we we've got the multiverse in full effect. Um, you know, one of the things I actually love about this show is how comfortable they are in dealing with the multiverse and how many different doppelgangers we've seen. You know, we get in this episode another evil Laurel, uh, specifically the Black Canary of. Earth X. Uh, now we've we've seen her. We've we've seen her original Earth One character. We've seen her Earth Two counterpart as well. And so now we've got the Earth X counterpart. And when I, I want to say Cisco explains it, and then he says something like it's complicated. I thought, you know what? No, it's not. You actually explained it really well. And I feel like if it's too complicated to understand that this Black Canary uh, is from Earth X and not the original or the one from Earth Two then you're probably not someone who's watching the show. You know what I mean? You know, like, that's pretty basic stuff. Yeah, I was wondering who he was explaining that to. Because, like, was it the audience? Because I was like, I don't think, I mean, I figured a lot of the audience, at least, would know, uh, you know, Laurel's history and all that kind of stuff. And and obviously, Snart knows that it's a dop- the, the doppelgangers are a thing, and that perhaps this doppelganger on, on uh, you know, Earth-1 is going to be different. So, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, Cisco, yeah, it's, you know, it's really not that that bad who who are you explaining this to again <laughs> well and we've gotten so comfortable with it i mean i remember after uh, i guess in season two when we first started dealing with doppelgangers just the the weirdness factor and even for a short time thereafter once you know the jay garrick of earth three ends up being the doppelganger for you know uh, barry's dad that, that was a little weirdness but i feel like we've gotten past that you know what i mean like even even when barry and jay are are together you don't really see him looking at him as if he's his father. We saw that too with Jesse and HR. Like they did not have a father-daughter relationship and and they did a really fantastic job of kind of acknowledging that situation, the fact that there are doppelgangers at play, but also the reality that, you know, your doppelganger is not you. This doppelganger is not me. You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah. And so Anyway, I, I love I love whenever we get more doppelgangers in. I love the fact that Team Flash is so stupidly comfortable with it, and uh, yeah, just just writers. You don't have to dumb it down. I think this is this is basic stuff. We're 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 here for it. Um, now, Bell, something we called kind of got confirmed this episode, which is that Devoe, the thinker, uh, can be thrown off a bit by you know allies from alternate universes kind of jumping in and jumping out not really though he said that he concluded the possibility that uh they would rely on doppelgangers from other earths uh he said uh you know he 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 thought you know he 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 postulated that uh that the earth x black canary was going to show up and all those things and he said what he didn't get was why barry didn't defeat them like that was the thing that, that tripped him up right yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, so I got super excited when Barry started talking about that. Like, oh, well, we'll get him from Earth X, and that way he won't think about it. Uh, so at least Barry was thinking in line with us. Clearly, he was watching Flash or listening to Flash TV talk. Oh, of but course. 
Yeah, you're right. So technically we're wrong. We called that that might be something they'd try, but we were wrong that that actually had any impact. We're half right because, you know, at least Team Flash thought of that as a means to throw off Thinker. Uh, So we got to give ourselves credit for that. Now, the fact that it didn't is, you know, something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, we finally did get a Captain Cold and Killer Frost team up moment, although not really because, of course, she's not Killer Frost. Uh, I did like the fact that she was using Snart's gun and we've seen her do that before this season. Uh, You know, I I just I want to see them team up. But like for real, though. That'd be cool. And I, I, I don't want Earth X snart. You know, you know what I mean. Like, I, I want like like evil snart. I want, I want Captain Freaking Cold and Killer Freaking Frost. Well, what, what if it was Goody Two Shoes, Killer Frost, and uh, Captain mm-hmm. Freaking Cold? No, no, no. I want, I want, I would, I'd love is for an evil Captain Cold to work on corrupting a Caitlyn. I mean, I've said that since the beginning of of the season or of the series. Actually, is that that's just something that seems to make a lot of sense and could be a really cool pun not intended yeah. uh <laughs> team up and and little storyline for her. and it would certainly be more development and storyline than she's gotten over the course of this season uh you know we do see her still dealing with the loss of killer frost and she's kind of on a quest to figure out how to bring her back but we don't really know why uh you know we've gotten you know they, they've got the posted notes and everything but she's referring to killer frost as someone who lived inside her but is that true i thought she was like a multiple personality I mean, is she has she become something separate entirely, Bell? I mean, it feels kind of like it's a Bruce Banner Hulk situation, right? Because the Hulk is a different mm. person per se, right? Like than Bruce Banner. They they refer to each other in in that kind of like this is a separate person context and not like my Hulk persona. It's like the Hulk, and then when, when Hulk is out there, he's talking about Bruce and like you know weakling the weakling banner and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, it's almost as if they're two separate people. And maybe it was a split personality kind of thing that has branched off into these two separate people that that come out. I mean, it's sort of weird when you're dealing with like two people in one head that share a body. I don't know. It's 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 odd, but I I it seems now like it's two separate people that they're dealing with. Uh, mm. Well, I guess not anymore since she's gone. But uh, you know. But I think she'll I think she'll be back. I mean, like you know, they they kind of left the door open for them to go back that route. You know, the fact that Caitlin would have to choose or, or would make the choice to bring killer frost back would be interesting. Um, I think that there might be, you know, maybe, maybe in her quest to find killer frost, then she might, or to bring killer frost back, she might actually discover killer frost still within her as a personality. Uh, you know what I mean? And maybe the two of them will kind of merge as, as she, un, you know, unlocks the powers. There's a, there's a couple of different ways they could go with it. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, and I hope that that does not get dropped off. I hope that that continues to be a, a thread uh, through the end of the season and, and hopefully beyond. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking is that when uh, when she does get reintroduced, it'll be one of those situations where uh, uh, it'll be like a permanent thing, but it'll be a merger of their personalities. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. that. That's that's pretty much where I'm seeing it's going to go. So she's always going to be Killer Frost, at least look like Killer Frost, but she'll be a merger of the two personalities kind of like uh in ghost in the shell when uh, major kusanagi merges with the puppet master spoilers for those of you who hadn't seen the 19 whatever whatever year anime uh <laughs> but you know, yeah. so she, she's no longer caitlin but she's also no longer killer frost she's a completely new entity yeah or or like uh wyatt and the um the, the rancher's daughter uh and if you get the reference 
if you get the reference, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then I don't want to tell you what I'm talking about. Well, I know it. what you're talking about. And you just spoiled it for me. Thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, you're not done with season one? No, of course not. Okay, you're way behind the times, my friend. You're way I know, behind the times. I know. There's so much stuff I need to catch up on. I'm just, I'm just bad. I'm bad at pop culture. Okay. Well, I feel bad for I am getting that to go you. see uh, Avengers, and I'm going to spoil the crap out of that for you. No, I'm seeing. No, no. Look, when we will talk about going? that. This is a conversation for shenanigans after the show, sir. Let's let's keep it on okay, the flash. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, you're talking about spoiling lest, stuff, and I'm just mad. <laughs> lest we get hate for uh, for spoiling or talking about Marvel on a DC uh, podcast, uh, I'll tell you who's got super spoilers: Gideon. Now, Gideon, of course, uh, the AI that is in the future room that Dr. Wells has been meeting with for these last couple of episodes, dealing with his thinking cap situation. I got a question for you, Belt. Does Gideon know that Wells is Wells? Like when she first saw him this season, she acted as though he was actually Eobard and not the real Harrison Wells or or a real Harrison Wells. Do you think that he actually did fill her in? I, that's what I don't know. Like that's that's what I'm curious about. It's like when Wells, when when H. Geobard was interacting with Gideon, did Gideon know that he was Eobard? I don't think so. Right? Or am I wrong in that? No, no, no. Remember, he uh, Gideon was with Eobard when he ran back to the past. Like oh, as soon as he true. got that's done true, killing true, Barry's yeah. mom, yeah, he whips it out and is like, "Where am I?" And she tells him. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I get the, I get the, you know, we've talked about it before, but I get the uh, indication that he actually stole Gideon. And like you said in a previous episode, it's, it's not that Gideon's evil or good. She's just a machine doing what, you know, she's programmed to do. And so, you know, she'll respond to Eobard the same way she'll respond, respond to Barry the same way she'll respond to uh, Harry here. Yeah. But I, I think he told her, like he said something like, you know, a lot's happened since then, or, or, you know, the, the big reveal was, was that he was about to catch her up on what was going on. And so I, I am under the impression that Gideon knows that he's Harry, uh, specifically Harrison Wells of Earth 2. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense because, you know, if he's going to ask Gideon for help on how to fix his brain uh, or if she scans his brain, she might realize that it's different. Right. Or or whatever. So I'm sure he probably said, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a doppelganger and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, fix my brain. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about his brain. Uh, so last week we we tried to figure out exactly what happened. It does seem like. You know, it 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 did have a negative impact. It did not increase his uh, mental capacity, but in fact, is kind of wearing away at him uh, over time. Cisco uh, has a sudden change of heart. Now he really wants to do it, and Wells is like, "No, no, it's bad from you." And Cisco's like, "No, from you, okay? I learned it from watching you." <laughs> I uh, love that moment. That was great. Yeah, and of course, you know, this is one of those very you know standard, typical type of just have a conversation, just tell the truth, and this whole thread line doesn't even need to be pulled. But I think Harry does feel very much vulnerable in knowing that his one quote superpower is being taken away from him, and that he really does not will you know once it's gone, he feels he will not have value to the team in a similar fashion that he felt when he left Earth too. And again, that's back to his hubris, right? Like you know, he thinks that. The only reason they're keeping him around is because he's smart and because he can figure out, you know, how to defeat these bad guys. But, you know, you would think after spending that much time with him, they'd realize that they care about him a lot. Like, you know, uh, 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 HR, what did he provide? Nothing. And they still cared about HR a lot. And so Harry, you know, Harry's the same way. It's like, you know, they care about the team. And so, yeah, he should be open about that and say, hey, look, 
here's this thing. I'm, I'm worried, at least tell Cisco, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm worried that like my one benefit is going, is going away and I'm not going to be a benefit to the team to which Cisco can say, nah, man, we all love you and we're going to figure out a way to fix it. And uh, if you don't want to tell the team yet, that's fine because of, you know, whatever, but uh, they can at least be working on it while, uh, as opposed to Harry just being, you know, alone and trying to figure this out by himself while he's getting dumber and dumber. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good story for, for his character. It's a good uh, arc that we might be able to see him go on over these next couple of episodes. Who knows how it will end. Um, all right. So speaking of arcs, man, we finally get a chance to see some growth with the mechanic and DeVoe. Uh, this episode, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he contemplates drugging her, but then doesn't when he realizes that she actually is like, like really uh, intentionally and, and completely herself adoring the fact that he's back. Am I correct in assuming that he is no longer drugging her? Uh, that was that was what I picked up. I saw him bring it out when she was making the tea, and then he saw how she was reacting to him, and uh, he felt like he didn't need it anymore. But um, the, I, the, that seemed like the bad choice on his part, though, uh, to see well, what I happens later in the episode. He he almost seemed while he was contemplating it as feeling guilty that he ever did it in the first place. Now I'm not saying that you know mm-hmm. he, he is not forgiven, and you know I don't know maybe these two can end up in therapy. Why, why else have a therapist throughout the entire <laughs> entire season <laughs> if we don't get that big moment at the end with those two in therapy in prison? But um, but no, he he still does have to answer for his crimes. But you know the mechanic man, she's she's showing up. You know mechanic needs a tune up, man. She uh she busted out his favorite dress and bringing him the tea and everything. And you know he is decidedly different from how we last saw him in his you know normal form. Yeah, he's not like he's more focused and driven on his goal. Cause like, it seems like she was very, she would very easily like, you know, uh, distract him and pull him away and they would have like an intimate moment or something like that. Uh, but not anymore. Nothing that she can do can bring that side out of him again. And that's why, uh, she's upset. And that's, and, and cause he's basically lost all connection to emotion and empathy, uh, which is why he couldn't detect that Barry would screw up, which is, you know, why he doesn't see that she's really sad, uh, that he's different. And so, you know, maybe maybe the best choice for him would have been to drug her again. Uh, But because, you know, as we saw, she is uh, not too happy with the end result of uh, of what's going on now. You know, her. Well, go ahead. No, 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 no. Finish thought. Uh, Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, she's she's trying to, to bring now that he looks like the old thinker, she's trying to do the things that they used to do as the, the old couple, you know, before he switched bodies the first time. And it's just, it's just not the same. And so everything is, is kind of changed and she's realizing that. And, uh, but it's since the thinker, you know, he's lost that connection with human emotion. Can't tell that she's really unhappy. So, yeah. You've lost that love and feeling. Oh, oh that love and feeling. Okay. You've lost that love and feel. I was going to harmonize with you, but whatever. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, it's interesting because as DeVoe has increased his ability to process reason, it's caused him to lose touch with emotion. And like you said, Bell, she is feeling this. Like 
in fact, the mechanic is going through the same thing that Barry and Killer Frost are going through. And as I said at the top of the show, man, it, it's the theme of the episode. It's loss and dealing with loss. And she is kind of dealing with the loss of her marriage. Like you get that just tragic look on her face as she realizes just how far DeVoe has gone and that she really has lost who he once was. I'm telling you, man, if, if, if Snart didn't show up, but you know, telling everybody he's, he's about to get married with a little bit of happiness, this would have been the like pretty depressing episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a yeah. Little ray of sunshine. Yeah. Ray <laughs> of sunshine. But no, man, it's, it, it is a, it is a tragedy. And, you know, I do like the fact though, that she is kind of given back control. Uh, yes, she is trapped. Uh, you know, you, you do get the sense that she feels trapped in this marriage and trapped in this, um, you know, the decisions that, that, that they have made and what they are about to do. You know, I don't get the sense that she is opposed to the Ascension at this point. I don't think that she is necessarily about to betray him unless she understands fully what he has done to her. And that will likely be the the switch moment for her when she, she you know she may switch sides, so to speak. But no, at this point though, I do think that she is all in for the ascension. Her heart might might not be in it in the same way it was before, but definitely her head is. Mm, I don't know. You don't think so? Why else would she still go along with it? I, I mean, well, she like. I don't get the sense that she was ever in this just because she was like standing by her man. You know what I mean? Like she very much came to the evil table as an equal. Like she was a villain right alongside him. They are DeVoe. We are the Flash, whatever you want to call it. But like she very much was kind of coming to this, helping him along the way, building all these devices, keeping him alive. Like she wasn't, I never got the sense that she was just doing it for him. I think that they were doing it for them but now something has switched now after all of these kind of absorbing these different minds and becoming the thinker and, and it kind of going to his head again, pun not intended. Uh, I think that that has caused him to go on a bit of a different path to be more about doing this for him. And so maybe that's where she's missing it because no longer they're doing this for them, but she's not necessarily anti-ascension. Is she? I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. She's like, it, it, to me, it seems like, you know, she, she, th- this ascension thing is the goal and she knows that at the end of it, uh, at least that's what DeVoe is saying is that, well, you know, we, we, we can distract ourselves with these frivolities or whatever after the Ascension. And I just keep thinking that, you know, she just wants to say, but at what cost, you know, <laughs> because it, it, mm. it's cost her DeVoe because DeVoe's not DeVoe anymore. And it's plain and simple. So it's cost him. It's cost her him because uh, he is not the same man that he was. He's not the same person. Uh and it's cost their marriage because they're not happy anymore because he's changed. And I don't know if uh, if if that cost, if she's going to be willing to pay that anymore. I mean, I don't know what she could do to reverse it, but like, you know, she sees the difference in the change that he's that that's become of him. And so I don't know that she's fully on board anymore. Uh, Interesting. The, the only thing that I could see that would keep her on board would be the the hope that perhaps things will return to normal afterwards and i think the more that she interacts with devoe the more she realizes that's just not going to happen and so it seems to me like it's she's at this this turning point where it's like i can follow through with this thing and still be completely unhappy because my husband's not the same man that he once was or my other option is to try and i don't know undo it fix it defeat him something i don't know but uh it, it seems to me like she's definitely uh considering the other possibilities aside from following through with this goal interesting well one way or the other the goal is still in play and that is 
the Ascension. Um, you know, we know that DeVoe has been getting all of these different metas. You know, he's, he's now at a point with a new body that he can absorb even people outside. Uh, those that he kind of calculated uh, early on, he wants to get the power of fallout to get the, the you know, be, to set himself up the bomb. But, <laughs> uh, boom, Zig. Uh, however, um, it is all for this one particular goal, which is the Ascension. And Bell, that's going to lead us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right. So the Ascension is coming, right? Like that is at the end of the day, what we all are assuming is going to be the grand finale of this season. Uh, whatever the uh, DeVos have been working towards, it is going to be all about this Ascension. But there are a lot of different threads that are out there right now. For example, did you know that Joe West has a baby on the way with Cecile and that baby's got powers and so does Cecile right now? Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I don't know if if the, if we're just supposed to forget about all that kind of stuff or what. But yeah, we no, hadn't no, seen no, Cecile. No, 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 no. Not just that, Bell, because not only do we have this uh, super baby out there, we've also got Future Girl, a.k.a. Dawn Allen, a.k.a. The Girl in the Cafe, a.k.a. We all know it's Dawn Allen. I mean, let's be let's be real. We got Barry and Iris's daughter rolling around out there and we haven't seen her in a, in a hot minute. Yeah, and like what's I don't know where how does all this tie back together? No, 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 Bell. There's even more. A little guy, uh, you know, somebody maybe you've heard of him, Eobard Thon, the OG Eobard Thon, season freaking one, Eobard HG Wells, a Bard Thon is out there. Yeah. Um Yeah. And I don't see how any of this has to do with the Ascension. <laughs> Well, that's my question. Like, so we've got in this up in in this season so far, we've got kind of three primary. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but we got three primary loose threats, uh, and that is you've got Don Allen, you've got you know the Super Baby on the way, and you've got Eobard Thawne. Now, those have been laced throughout this entire season, and at some pretty critical moments. Um, you know, with Don first showing up specifically in the Earth X crossover, uh, Eobard also coming in in that exact same time. And then, you know, the, the revelation of the baby and the superpowers has been kind of late in the game. Now, the superpowered baby did allow for Cecile to need help sleeping, which led to the creation of the thinking cap. So arguably, the baby has served that storyline, except for the fact it's a freaking baby. And babies do this thing where they become, you know, born and then people. And then in this kind of show, probably go to the future and then come back and try to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the uh, the Bonnie situation from Family Guy, where Bonnie's pregnant for like nine seasons, and uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it, 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 and that's that's kind of the that's that's the that's the weird part, right? Because like introducing a kid into the show, I mean, is it just gonna be one of those things where they just kind of silently write it off? And oh yeah, Cecile's home no. with the kid. And no, 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 no. That baby, that baby's coming, man. I'm telling you, there's something going on with the baby. I don't think it was just used specifically to create the thinking cap. You know what I mean? There's other ways for them to create a thinking cap. Yeah, I know. And, and so that's what I could, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, a baby is a big thing to, to include to a show. And so I don't see them in season four, you know, just every couple episodes, Barry being like, Oh, Hey Joe, how, how's the baby and how's the seal? Oh, they're great. And then we never hear about it ever again. Like, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Because it just doesn't seem like something that they would. Why would you set up all of that stuff? Have all those, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 big uh, character defining moment with Joe and the kid and like Cecile and all those things and and like you said, the thinking cap uh, Genesis was from that whole story arc and then just kind of like poof, make it disappear. So it's got to do something, and and 
Wait. Oh, snap. What is it, Bell? What if Don Allen is actually Don West and then marries an Allen in the future and comes back? what? Now, hang on. If she does that, then she's marrying her relative. Because that would be if Don... No, if Don was Iris's sister and she ends up marrying a their child no, no, not their child. nephew we're getting into game of thrones no, no. we're getting into daenerys targaryen and you know r plus l equals j and weirdness at the end of last season territory. there was another alan tell your sister oh there was another <laughs> oh bell maybe bell. maybe we can maybe we could do some cobalt blue stuff going on i don't know oh bell I mean, I'm like grasping at straws here, but like, yeah, what if, what if baby Don is baby West and baby West becomes an Allen by marrying Barry's evil twin? You think he's going to be Malcolm? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. That, that I I got chills. I I just (laughs) got chills. That's a good theory, but, but here's, all right. So here's my theory. My theory is that during the Ascension, these other three threads are going to kind of tie into each other. Uh, that the ascension will likely occur at the exact same time that you know Cecile is in the hospital and going into labor. And what if, as this is happening, we've got Don Allen who's kind of hanging around Cecile, trying to you know protect her because she knows that something's about to happen. The baby is born. Dawn is doing her best to protect Cecile, but she can't because who should show up? Eobard Thawne to take the baby and run that baby out of there into the future where he will then corrupt him to turn him into an evil reverse flash of the future. One that Dawn Allen has to constantly compete. Dawn Allen is the reverse Terminator. She has gone back in time to stop this evil dude from being created, which I guess is technically the Terminator. But anyway, point being that she's gone back in time to try to stop Eobard Thawne, or or not Eobard Thawne, Daniel freaking West, before he could be be captured by Eobard and corrupted. I think those three threads are going to tie together at the end of this season and make for a monumental like cliffhanger at the end of season four There's to one set problem. up an amazing season five. What's up? The the problem is that the is it uh, Cecile's baby's female. That's been established. So far as we know. So far as we know. I mean that's that's kind of established though. I mean like you think they're just gonna like, oh no, sorry, it actually wasn't female. That happens. That totally happens. I mean I guess and I'm not talking I'm not talking flashpoint Diggle's daughter situation. I mean like literally like you scan and then like Oh, it's a girl. And then you scan again like, oh, you know what? We didn't see this here before. Uh, yeah, it's not a girl. It's not a girl. <laughs> that, that happens. Yeah, but she she's a mind reader, though. I mean, I thought like, I mean, well, she read, she read, uh, she read. Uh, she read the Caitlin's. doctor's mind. She read Caitlin's mind. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Right, that's right. She read Caitlin's. So that's the thing. Only Caitlin did one scan of it, and they're just going based off of that. Caitlin's not exactly a, um, I know she's like a super bi- biological scientist or whatever, biochemist. Bio but she's not an ultrasound tech. She's not an ultrasound tech. Yeah. She don't know what she's talking about. No. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I think it would be neat to see and, uh, uh, to see a Daniel West kind of scenario happening where like, yeah, Dawn is there. Uh, Eobard comes back, corrupts him, makes him a, a, a reverse flash. Daniel West reverse flash would be, would be really neat. Um, and, and maybe that's maybe. And, and, and so could the Ascension. So I, my idea about the Ascension is this is something that's going to uh, be like another particle accelerator explosion. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm sticking with my brainiac. You know that Devoe wants to meta all these people and absorb them so that his mind is the only mind and that he becomes God for knowing all and yada yada yada. Like I, that's, yeah. I, th- I think that's what's going on. But I think the B line, like that'll be the A plot. I think the B plot during the season finale will be the birth of this child who will likely end up being Daniel West, and you know it might be Dawn versus Eobard. Uh, or you know the reveal of Don Allen and who she is, and then Eobard showing up, and then him capturing, you know, taking the baby away and off to the future, and it's this big Empire Strikes Back loss. And for those that watched, you know, Angel back in the day, yes, I I, I realize I'm pulling from that particular season as well. I'm just saying it's it's a huge cliffhanger, and it, it would work amazingly well. And I think you know it would tie all of these loose threads in in such a nice way to create a ton of excitement for the next season. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, and possibly one of the most epic season finales we've ever gotten. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. The return of Eobard at the uh, season finale. I think that would be, yeah. that'd be pretty huge. The return of Eobard capturing Daniel West and the reveal of Don Allen as a B as a B plot. Dude, come I on, know, right? Like that blows that blows like Barry racing Zoom in a giant Ferris wheel, like way out of the water. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's the thing though, like another speedster villain, like how are they gonna make it different for, for season five, you know? Because it's personal. It's it's even more personal because now they have to redeem if if they go that route, they have to redeem Daniel West, because this is Joe's son. So they can't just defeat him and destroy him. You know, like they, they need to try to save him. Yeah. And maybe this could be an opportunity for like I mean, I, it's, the way I see it is that Eobard would use that against them and like corrupt Daniel to the point where he didn't care about his family and just starts killing people. Because yeah, if, it, if yeah. it gets to the point where it's like we have no more room in the story for Cisco, Caitlin, Joe, Cecile, Harry, Daniel just kills them. I think it'd be amazing. I, I mean, like, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I don't want that to happen, but like. They they never went full on killer with Killer Frost. They never took Caitlyn to that line. I would love a character that we have some kind of love or emotional investment in. If it's Joe's son, then we're we're already emotionally invested. And Joe's, you know, who knows? Maybe they change it to Danielle. But my point is that if the child ends up being this like just harsh killer and does all these unthinkable things, will still to some extent be emotionally invested in the child because it's Joe's child. It's Iris's sibling. It's kind of Barry's sibling also you know what I mean? like, <laughs> step sibling it's part of the family like it's part of the flash family and so you know we'll we'll see what happens but i'm leaning pretty hard into the the Dan, the baby is daniel west theory i'm still standing firm on the don allen theory and i think that if it all weaves together and eobard comes back to capture the baby during the ascension it would be amazing so that's that's my theory maybe it's just wishful thinking but i'm just throwing it out there would love to hear what you guys think <laughs> David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. Listener feedback this week, man. We got some great listener feedback. First in from Callum G. Uh, he says, hey guys, got something to throw your way. Harry's been thinking a lot about Thrawn, or Thon. Uh, a lot has, uh, and his can't stop using the thinking cap. Uh, pumping in the dark matter so what if he fried his brain and now thinks that he is in fact thrawn uh thon 
what do you guys uh, what do you guys think? Is this a way that we could get a reverse flash back? And again, that is from Callum G. Well, Callum G, uh, interesting thoughts. I don't think that's the the way they're going to go with things, as it would definitely be confusing because, of course, Thon is back, <laughs> and last we saw him, he already looks like Eobard. So if we actually had an Eobard, uh, I'm sorry, if we actually had a Wells that looks like Eobard, I'm sorry, hang on. Oh man, did I just go cross-eyed? All right, if we actually have the actual Eobard out there who looks like Thon. No, dang. Okay, sorry. If we actually have the actual Eobard out there who does look like Wells, but then we also have an actual Wells who thinks he's Thon, it was so confusing for me to even get that statement out. I just don't see them going that route. Yeah, that would be that'd be a little little confusing. Uh, but I, I don't know. <laughs> there could be this situation where it's like, you know, Barry's on a rooftop with a gun and it's like shoot him barry he's the real eobard it's like no shoot me i'm the real eobard it's like no you're not you're not the real eobard oh man that would be hilarious tell me something the only only harrison wells would know he's from the future he knows everything (laughs) oh man all right, man. Next up, we got one in from uh, your boy, Will. What did Will have to say? Uh, I don't think Harry fried his brain. I think he slipped into a coma and is going to get superpowers. But while he was in a coma or, or blacked out, the thinker had Thawn come in and switch places with Wells. Remember, the thinker had been monitoring Team Flash for years since season one. Uh, I don't believe Wells could focus uh, or Wells couldn't focus. I think of uh, it was Thawne trying to play the part of Harry getting his brain fried. Hmm. Yeah, no. I don't. I don't know. I. Don't, I, I think this episode kind of uh, definitively disproved that. Unfortunately, just because uh, uh, you know the the admittance of Harry saying that he did fry his brain and Gideon being like, "Yeah, your brain's getting fried" and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that that would have been interesting to see a little switcheroo. Uh, get some get some Ebard back in there for the tail end of the season, but doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Unfortunately. All right. So the other thing too, man, is they might be clearing the deck of Wells's to make room for Eobard's return at the end of the season. So, you know, it may very well be that he does die by or before the season finale. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Because I I get what you're saying and I get the message that Cisco was trying to tell him that, Hey, you know, you're part of the team and we love you and we don't just need your, you know, mental capacity. But the reality is from a writing standpoint, we need his mental, we need his brain. Otherwise he serves no purpose. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's the thing we, you know, it, it, we had a sacrificial, uh, you know, HR last season. So I don't, I don't think they're going to do a sacrificial HR this or Harry this season. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it would be a sacrificial death. I think it would be a Ralph style death. Like I think that he would be killed off, you know, because you know, there is this like bad blood between him and the thinker and thinker, even like, you know, the, what do you call it? The, the counterfeit cap, uh, in reference to Harrison's uh, thinking cap, yeah. So I mean, like you know, I, I could I could see there being a little extra vitriol and desire to off Harrison Wells uh, before he you know does the ascension. So I, I could see Thinker actually killing him in the penultimate episode of the season, but we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. We on uh, on Twitter we got Rossi Campbell who says, uh, "Did anyone else think they could have come up with a better name for Earth X Laurel?" Um, he says, "Siren X seemed a bit of a cop out." I don't speak german so i don't know what would have been more uh accurate an accurate name bell do you speak german uh i speak a very limited german but i do not know uh oh man hold on uh yeah we don't we don't want to schwarzer karen and vogel (laughs) would be (laughs) our canary and vogel yeah schwarzer canary and vogel would be a black yeah. Mary in German. 
think I think Siren X works. Yeah, what's <laughs> Siren is in German? I don't really know that one either. It's 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 a good thought. Um, Shannon tweets in says, uh, "Am I the only one who's hoping that the mechanic turns on the thinker?" Uh, also, she loves that Snart and Killer Frost. Uh, she says, no, she's, "I'm sorry." She said, "I would love for Snart and Killer Frost to be a thing." Ha ha ha. Uh, yeah, no, I think Ray would have problems with this particular Snart, uh, you know, and Killer Frost hooking up. But you know, who knows? There are other doppelgangers out there, and maybe we'll get an evil Frost and evil uh, Captain Cold. Uh, team up, be it romance or mentorship or whatever it might be, hopefully at some point down the line. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, from Salmon who says, last night's show was great, especially the part where Barry remembers Dibney, uh, brings out his human side. I really love the emotional Barry scenes. And yeah, I, I got to go exactly there with you, Salmon. Like, yes, Grant Gustin, amazing performance, actually made me, made me care about Dibney and feel what Barry was feeling. So an outstanding performance. And, you know, I, I take back the ding dong, the Dibney is dead <laughs> or whatever it was that I said last episode, uh, at least to the extent that I said it, I, I, I will not say that I did not feel that way or that I don't still feel that way, but I will say that this episode did a fantastic job of eulogizing the character to the point where, yeah, I really, I really appreciate, um, I appreciate the impact that he had on our team members. And so that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. Uh, speaking of what we want, man, we also got an iTunes review in. Uh, what did, let's see, title is T340. I believe say. that's Titleist340. And they write, best Flash podcast. And it's not even close. You guys are always positive about the show and having fun while doing it. Please keep them coming. You guys are the true Speed Force gods. Hey, thanks, man. That's some pretty uh, pretty high hey. praise. <laughs> Extremely, I praise that. Thank you so much for that. And uh, hey, if you want to write us an iTunes review, please do so. Uh, we are three away from giving away another digital comic. So if that is of interest to you, head over to iTunes, write us those reviews. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll be giving away a free digital comic uh, next episode. Also, we want to encourage you to help make these episodes happen by visiting patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, Bell, we've of course, for those $3 on up uh, patrons, we've got the shenanigans show, an exclusive little mini episode. Uh, it's already been teased during this episode <laughs> that this week's will contain Bell uh, talking about Infinity War, although it will not be spoilery because he will have I haven't seen it not yet. Seen it <laughs> So if you want, if you want all those like wonderful little behind the scenes conversations, kind of the, the quote off mic, quote on mic conversations, those all happen as part of shenanigans. Uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash TV talk. Love to have you join us there. I uh, want to remind you as well to follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at flash TV talk as well as our personal accounts. I'm at the real Bo York and bell is at ring that bell. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And a special thanks, as always, to Charlie Bach, who provides our awesome music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And one more plug for the DC TV Talk, a podcasting network of awesome podcasters that we are proud to be a member of. DCTVTalk.com for all of your DC TV talking podcasting needs. Again, that's DCTVTalk.com. That's going to do it for us for this week. But until next week, we'll be back in a flash.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.